Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Que sera, sera. What will be, will be. Second verse. When, When I, I was, was just a child in school, I asked my teacher, what should I try? Catch. Should I paint <laughs> pictures? Should I sing songs? This was her wise reply. Que sera, sera. Welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically, the podcast where I, Jeff, go through and review every single one of Alfred Hitchcock's movies in the order they were released. And on occasion, I have to do it twice. And when I say on occasion, what I really mean to say is just once. And when I say that, I mean the man who knew too much. This man who knew too much was made in 1956. The original was 1930-something, okay? I don't know, and it's impossible to find out when. It, the information is just beyond all, 1934, okay? Uh, so over 20 years to remake your own movie, and I have a question for Alfred Hitchcock, who, uh, as everyone knows, is a frequent listener of the show. He's writes in all the time. Of all the garbage in his back catalog. And I know some wouldn't say that it's garbage, but I would, some of it is not good. Why remake this? Because of the movies I've seen, the original man who knew too much wasn't particularly bad. There were bad things about it, but largely I would, I, it would be nowhere near on the bottom half of list of movies I've watched for this show. And so I just wonder why this one would need to be made again. Why not Champagne? Juno and the Paycock. Thank God he didn't remake that. There's some truly awful movies that could have probably been better served by him applying his now seasoned expertise to it. But he chose the man who knew too much. And largely, the plot is pretty similar. There are changes, I think, for the better. Obviously, the biggest changes are those that come with time with different actors. Jimmy Stewart and Doris Day play the leads. And it's in color. And there is no Peter Lorre to be that charismatic villain. There isn't really a character that replaces Peter Lorre in this movie. Uh, and... That's probably for the best because this movie is more about the heroes. Our Jimmy Stewart's our Doris Days and their child, Hank. And they have gone on vacation to some country. They say it. I don't. Mar 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 
sure. They go to another country. I think it's South Asian. The kid mistakes it for Africa, but they, I don't think it's Africa. I know it is Africa. Anyway. Um, and so like the first 30 minutes of this movie take place in a foreign country. And it looks like to me that it was filmed on location. I don't, I've never been to Africa or whatever country I thought this was, but that's a continent. Africa's a continent, but, um, it looks realistic. There are tens of, um, people of color who look like, again, I don't know. I, I that belong. Uh, there's a lot of their heritage and there's a lot of French speaking. So I think it's Northern Africa. Again, this is just an idiot telling you the things he thinks about a movie and, and trying to pretend I know anything of historical value to add to it. So I'm going to ignore all that. What I am going to do is tell you the plot. And the movie opens with a scene of an orchestra playing. And if, if you go back and listen to the original episode of The Man Who Knew Too Much that I put out, this is actually pretty important. And I knew that it was... So there's no reason to try to pretend they're spoilers. Because if you've listened in order, which I recommend you do, please do. Okay, please. And actually, The Man Who Knew Too Much is one of the most listen to episodes. And I think it's just because of the popularity of the name. So, Hey, maybe you've only come back for this one. The plot's pretty close. It, the original one was uh, a couple get mixed up with someone who dies and leaves them with a secret about someone who's going to be assassinated. The bad guys, Peter Laurie in the old movie, in this movie, it's kind of hidden who the true bad people are until much later abduct their child in the first one that's a daughter and the new one it's a it's a boy and uh that's the plot so now they've got to go and figure out how to get them back the beginning scenes all take place on a bus and they meet uh mr bernard who is a helpful person as they don't know the cultures of this society and they accidentally their son hank accidentally offends some of the fellow bus patrons uh when he falls over and he accidentally pulls the veil off of someone's wife which is a huge no-no uh but mr bernard is there he's bilingual multilingual uh, he, he is able to calm the situation and that introduces them to uh dr mckenna and his wife uh who is joe short for josephine uh, McKenna. She has another name. Uh, her maiden name, her maiden name is Conway, and this is important because she is a famous singer. She's sung in many places. A lot of times when they go to parties, they are asked if Joe can sing, and that comes into the plot. Now, Jimmy Stewart, who's Mister McKenna, has great chemistry with Doris Day, who is Mrs. McKenna, Mrs. Conway McKenna, and after meeting this. Uh, gentleman on the bus, Mr. Bernard, she gets immediately suspicious. Suspicious. I feel like I've said that before. Suspicious of this, of Mr. Bernard, because he only asks about them. Uh, he never says what he does, what he's in town for, what his business is, any of that. Doesn't share any information about himself. And 
they go to the hotel where they're staying and she feels she's being watched. There's a couple that another American couple or British, they're from Britain, UK, that turn their attention to the McKenna's and she notices he doesn't, he's an idiot. And uh, she says, I think they're watching us. Well, they've been invited to dinner with Mr. Bernard and who else is there? Uh, the, the couple. Now the Mr. Uh, Bernard was not able to make it. He had some other plans and, but he suggests a restaurant that they go to, which offers this very authentic experience. And again, they talk about the culture. Now, I don't know how accurate it is, but it does seem to be respectfully done. I will leave that to whoever knows that culture and can correct me otherwise. But if, it felt like it was teaching about the culture as opposed to making fun of it. Well, at this restaurant, that couple that was spying on them turns out that they recognized Joe Doris day from being famous. And this kind of lets them hit it off. They become fast friends. They share a meal together and they see Mr. Bernard come into the same restaurant with another woman. And this kind of pisses off the McKenna's. So instead of trying to continue to be friends with Mr. Bernard, they make friends with this other couple who are called the Drayton's. And they decide that the next day they're going to go to the market. And the market is kind of what you think. It's just a lot of tents, people selling products. There's entertainers on the street. It feels very authentic to me, someone who's never been outside of the United States. Um, and a gentleman, the police are chasing someone in the streets and this guy gets stabbed and I see him and I'm like, oh, great. He's got blackface on. Here we go again. And I have a question to anyone who might be listening, who's a person of color to say whether or not this is okay or not in this particular context, because the reason this person is wearing makeup to change the way their perceived nationality is, is to be undercover. Because it turns out this guy who's running for the police wearing this darker skin tone that gets stabbed is none other than Mr. Bernard, who's wearing it as a disguise. I'll just leave that out there. He, as he's st stabbed and dying, he falls into the arms of Mr. Uh, Jimmy Stewart, our lead, and tells him some secrets. He says, statesman assassinated. London. Soon. Very soon. Ambrose Chapel. Well, since they've seen a murder, the police are very interested to know what the McKinleys know. Or the McKinsey. What are their names? McKenna's. I got it wrong on both accounts. What they know. So they go to the police station and... Uh, Mrs. Drayton offers to take Hank back to the hotel because you don't really want Hank to go, do you? Now, I've seen the original, so I know that she's going to kidnap this boy. And I now know that the Draytons are in on it. But they, having not seen it before, I think that they do a good job of making it seem like this is just another innocent couple. Turns out they're not. And you find out that as they're at the police station and talking with the police... Their police are trying to get the information out of them. And Mr. McKinley receives a phone call. Hello. Dr. McKenna. This is Dr. McKenna. Who's this? 
if you tell even one word of what Louis Bernard whispered to you in the marketplace, your little boy will be in serious danger. Remember, say nothing. So like I said, they're kidnapped, the kid. And uh, this time, this makes it so Jimmy Stewart clams up. He doesn't want anything to happen to his son. And uh, he eventually tells Doris Day later on in the scene, after he's given her sedatives, uh, <laughs> before he tells her, and this like zonks her out as opposed... She still has a, a, an, an emotional reaction to it, as she should. And then she's also pissed off because he gave her tranquilizers beforehand. Now, we got to reassure you that he is a doctor. And that's why he has tranquilizers on him wherever he goes. So they go to London as opposed to back to the States because they know they found out through the police officer. Or they found out that through someone, I don't remember. They found out that they have, the Drayton's have... Uh, a plane ticket or some way to get back to London. So they go to London and check in. First thing that happens is the local police meet them. And the chief is like, we know that you ran into someone. We sent that guy over there, Mr. Bernard. And we want to know what he told you because we have to stop whatever assassination attempt is going to take place. And of course, Jimmy Stewart's like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't know anything tries to play dumb but the chief is like I, I know they have your kid and they're probably holding him ransom and that's why you're not telling us but if you tell us we can help but also he understands that if it is his kid in the same place he's not sure what he would do so the the, the police kind of give him a benefit of the doubt while they're there the cops get a phone call or excuse me mrs drayton get a gets a phone call and the cops listen uh, basically it's, uh, Mrs. Drayton telling them to just sit tight. Don't say anything and you'll have your son back. Uh, they were able to kind of trace this phone call, but they end up going to their hotel or I don't, do they live in London? Because they have these house guests that come over when they're back at the house after leaving the police, they're settling in and these four house guests come over. And they just start drinking their drinks and chit-chatting in the whole time. Well, so Mr. Mr. Kendall McKenna McKenna looks up Ambrose Chapel, the name that he was given, in the phone book and finds a Mr. Ambrose Chapel. And it takes him to a place called Ambrose Chapel Taxidermy, where he finds that the owner, his name is Ambrose Chapel. He meets the guy. And he starts accusing him of things and they get in a fight and then they're like knocking over these taxidermy animals and it's just the wrong place. He's, he's gone on a wild goose chase. As he says, he's in the wrong place. He's harassing the wrong people and they try to beat him up. So as he's on his way home, the smart person of the family doors day realizes that Ambrose Chapel isn't a person, but a place. And she looks up Ambrose Chapel in the phone book. They find it and she leaves to head that way before Jimmy Stewart gets home. When Jimmy gets home, he finds out where she went and then she goes after them. So they go both go to the church and this scene is right out of the original. 
to a degree. Now, in the original, the lead character had like his stooge friend who essentially he just put in the way of trouble as much as possible. And this time, though, Jimmy Stewart is there with his wife and they go into the chapel and you see Mrs. Drayden there performing the services with her husband and upstairs is Hank. And now, unfortunately, a huge brawl doesn't ensue like in the original where they're breaking chairs everywhere. And it was probably the funniest part of the original, but they do club. So the guy's preaching a sermon and then he sees Jimmy Stewart and he shuts the sermon down early and kicks everyone out. He's basically like, go home and pray because my sermon was just that good. And so they leave and Jimmy Stewart's the only one there looking for his kid. Uh, They club him. And they just leave him unconscious at the front of the church while they take off out the back. And while this is happening, Doris Day is trying to get the police to help, but they're not willing to. They show up, but everybody's gone. And uh, this is when Doris Day knows she needs to go to uh, this Royal Albert Hall where this assassination is going to take place. And they're going to they're going to just right out of the original the assassin is going to shoot the uh, the prime minister of this country that's never told at a certain point when some symbols are clanging so as the bullet will not be heard. A record of the delightful piece they're going to play this evening. Music's less in your line than marksmanship. Now, if you listen, I'm going to play you the exact moment at which you can shoot. So listen carefully. Once more, listen for the crash of the cymbals. Right out of the original, right? Okay. So she goes, and the scene plays out just like it does in the original, except that Jimmy Stewart has escaped the church by climbing through the bell tower in a scene that is actually pretty great and uh, reminded me of what's to come in Vertigo. Now, this scene with the orchestra and everything is just classic Hitchcock doing the suspense thing. If you heard the clip I played, he's like, you put the bomb under the table and you have a five minute conversation and everyone's riveted because they know there's a bomb under the table. This is that scene again. It's done way better than the original, but it's still kind of long in the tooth. Anyway, right when the symbols are about to crash, Doris Day screams. Jimmy Stewart runs into the balcony place where the killer is, starts to fight him. The killer falls off the balcony and dies, legitimately just dies immediately. And this has gotten them in good with the prime minister who Doris Day saved. And now the prime minister owes them a favor. Well, they find out that the that Hank is at the embassy where the prime minister is. And you find out the person pulling all of the strings is the ambassador at the embassy, which I'm guessing is like the vice president of whatever. Like if uh, the prime minister were to be assassinated, this guy would get to take over. And he's the guy who's been telling the Draydens what to do. And so sure enough, the Hank is there. Mr. And Mrs. Drayden are there. Mrs. Drayden is watching over him, but the ambassador says, you're going to take the boy and kill him because we don't want him to be able to tie this back to me. 
And Mrs. Drayden, despite being a kidnapper, not necessarily necessarily into killing the kid. Now, they need a way to prove or be certain that Hank is in this building because it is on an embassy where the local authorities have no authority. And the way they've decided to do this is they get Jimmy Stewart and Doris Day go there and they know that Doris Day is going to be asked to sing because she's always asked to sing because she's a famous singer. Two minutes in, they've asked her to sing. And she does sing and she sings the K-Sarah, a song that her and her son were singing earlier in the film. And the child upstairs recognizes it. That's my mom. And Mrs. Drayden has a change of heart because she indeed does not want the kid to be killed. She doesn't want that weighing on her. She did what she thought was right for her country, I guess, kidnapping a child. But this is too far. And she tells the little boy to whistle as loud as he can the tune that his mother is singing. And this lets Jimmy Stewart know that he's there. Jimmy Stewart runs upstairs, busts in, like breaks the door down. And Mrs. Drayden says, take him, go, go, go. You need to go now because you don't want him to get killed. That's the plan to kill him. You leave now. Mr. Drayden is there with a gun. And Mr. Drayden tries to pull this scene that I swear is right out of Notorious, where he is now understanding that he's in a bad place. He needs to also get out of here. And he says, we're all going to go out as three friends and don't cause a scene and no one gets hurt. So Jimmy Stewart's like, sure, sounds good. As they're going down the stairs, Jimmy Stewart pushes him. Mr. Drayden, who has a gun in his pocket and accidentally shoots himself as he falls down the stairs. And uh, Hank is reunited with his mom. And the the last shot of this movie, and I got to say, it's probably the best part, is they walk back into their apartment and all four of those freeloaders that were sitting in their house before are still there asleep. And they said, sorry to keep you waiting. We just had to pick up Hank. Everyone yucks it up and we close the sim, the, the movie. Okay. It's pretty good. I, I, I'll admit there's a lot to like here. Um, and it's better than the original. The original wasn't that bad, though. And I think when I he he wanted to remake this, I'm thinking maybe he just wanted that orchestra scene to be even longer. Because he loves the master suspense, loves to make long scenes where nothing happens because there's a bomb under the table. The other than that, it's pretty good. It's worth your while. So next uh, next week is the last week of October before we head into the main event of what is November, and that's slate of movies. And we've got one movie next called The Wrong Guy or The Wrong Man. What is it called? The Wrong Man from 1956, uh, which I know nothing about other than it's based on a true story which is kind of rare for mr hitchcock to do uh it stars henry fonda and vera miles okay now this is at least as far as i can tell and remember is the first psycho alum she obviously hasn't done psycho yet we haven't got there uh vera miles is in psycho and here she is in this film the wrong man uh none of the other names look familiar like from any of the other past movies uh, so Henry Fonda, Vera Miles, the wrong man from 1956. We'll watch that next week. Uh, thanks for sticking around for listening. Okay. Just, just over two months left. And then I'll be out of your ear holes and you can leave. But let's say you like 
what this is, you can go and look up the movie Draft House in your favorite podcast app. That's more me with movies and my friend Mark is there. So it's not just me talking to myself, which is probably for the best. Also check out Budget Arcade. Uh, if you like free to play games or want to learn about the ones you should and should not be playing, that's a good place to start. I'm on there with Mark and Scott. You can follow me on Twitter at Podcast by Jeff. And until next week, 